We're doing a part two. Welcome to part two. We this is our first shut one. Shut up. So we're at a part two. We're experimenting. We're yeah. thinking maybe you'd like it to be broken up if we're just going to yap at you with all this. You let us know what you think. With all I this mean, we have a lot to say. So. Our over-the-top awesomeness. <laughs> But we're starting. This is a this is a big moment that we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, we need to give this the time. We are strutting forward towards Strut. the Emerald City. They see the green glow yes. and they're following it. Which, mm. I mean, it's like that feeling of completion is coming. Like it's like, oh, oh my gosh, relief, relief. After this journey. It must feel so good to finally like have a sense that this place exists. So, right. Em, I wanted to ask you a big, a big question. Okay. Okay. And it's like a two-parter. Ooh, okay. perfect for our second part. So, what in your life would you say was your Emerald City, your first Emerald City, this thing that just pulsated with magic that mm. you had to get to? And second part will be is. What is that for you now? If there is such a destination or place, <laughs> I mean, like here's the big My life heart. question. This is why we're part two. <laughs> this is we could be here for hours. Um, this is your ass therapy session. <sighs> All right, thank you, therapist chair. <laughs> wow, Divulge, my please. first, my first Emerald City. What instantly, I have two that came to my mind, but the, the first one that instantly came to my mind, and it's probably because I connect it so much with Oz, is the youth theater company that I was, that I basically grew up in, Youth Entertainment Stage Company in Modesto, Do California. they still exist? They still exist. That's awesome. Um, the founder, Melanie Wyatt, who is an incredible woman, incredible director, incredible with children young and old um she retired i believe two years ago um and what was cool was their la their final production was beauty and the beast and my younger sisters got to be in the final production so i got to go back and see the final production and all of the alumni had traveled near and far uh, and we all got to walk and up really with a rose and give it oh to her. Gosh. I mean, it was so emotional. So wow, but, you guys made the trek to go back. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. It was pretty crazy. Like I saw people and friends and old castmates that I haven't seen that we like performed together in middle school. It was crazy. And you'll still um, have that bond, which yeah. is why theater is. Yes, I know. But so they've been around. They, they, they. I think. I think. Yes, company. We would call it Yes Company. Um, I think they started even before I was born, or right around the time I was born. Um, no, before. It was definitely before. Um, and so I would go and see the shows before I could be in it. You have to be in seventh grade to be in like the My God, the, so old. the big one. Yeah, I know. I remember. So old. <laughs> and then they have Yes Kids, which is like elementary, and then they have they started Yes Cadets, which is babies. Then there's Yes Ambassadors, um, which are performers who go out into the community to spread the word of the company and like, wow. sing it. Oh, yeah. Wow. It, it's insane. Involved. Very involved. And so when I was probably uh, second, third grade, I saw their production of Once on this Island, actually. And that was one of my first experiences with live theater. Um, I remember sitting there and feeling just like an electric shock go through me during one of T-Moon's songs and just saying, I want to, it's that feeling. It's like, I want to be up there so bad and I just can't wait. I saw so many of their productions. And so I finally 
got to be in it in, I believe I started in maybe fifth fifth grade with Music Man as Amaryllis. Uh, <laughs> you star. Me. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Good night, yep, nice my song. starring moment. Um, so that that's what instantly came to my mind of just feeling like it's so glittery. It's so vibrant. There's something special about it. I remember sitting in that seat and just feeling it like call me and I was hooked that feeling and then it became my Emerald City until I long after I graduated high school and college <sighs> wow nostalgia and that was the same company I did Oz with yeah so so special like a fantasy land oh my gosh it, yeah it was like my personal Disneyland you know mm. so shout out yes yes company go check them out they're amazing so what's it feeling like now ah! Oh, yeah. Part two. Oh, this is a tougher one to answer. When I was answering the first question, my second Emerald City for so long, of course, was New York City. Yeah. I mean, that was, like, the big one that I dreamt of. I'm from California, so that was the big one that I... I just... I remember being in math class and being like, no, why am I here? I just want to be there. I'm like, if <laughs> I'm... If, I know. Huh, math. Huh. That feeling of, like, well, I just have to get there, and then everything will be great. Right. Like, everything that, will be solved. Yeah. You just have to get there. Except yes. it doesn't really work out that way. But... That magical feeling. Uh, and New York City still is an emerald city to me, for sure. Same. And it always will be. I actually celebrated my 10-year New York anniversary last week, um, which is insane. So, but I think in a less concrete way, what's coming up for me I is actually I was on a... <laughs> we love Zoom. I was on a Zoom uh, work meeting today. And I'm a part of a like marketing team where we create content just for our online community. And that can be superficial and like surface levelly, but then it can also go much deeper. And I actually started, I was encouraged by uh, a student of mine actually to uh, create more visibility of female guitarists because it can kind of feel a little bit like a boys club, the guitar world. Sure. Um, and so I started these 10-minute Zoom interviews that I record and edit where I speak with each of our female female identifying teachers at the school and just like get their story and their background and I initially just wanted it to be or not wanted I initially thought it would just be kind of straightforward and like here's my story but people have been crying people have been like talking about how much music means to them and how much the school means to them and it just makes me emotional to think about. And so sharing that project in my work meeting today and hearing about what my coworkers have been working on, especially right now in this time where everything is online or it feels like everything is online and we, it has made me think about just these communities. I know you feel the same with your mm -hmm. women's circle. Mm -hmm. These communities that exist everywhere. They can exist everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Um, and it fosters just a deeper connection. I guess that to me is feeling like an Emerald City because it's not just a building. It's not just New York yes. City Guitar School. Like it is deeper connection and community that is actually real and actually deeper than just let's play this chord, which is important. But I love and I'm so grateful that my boss like believes in this kind of stuff. And that to me is an Emerald City to dream about <laughs> yes so 
Shout out New York City Guitar School. Love yes. you. Yes. <laughs> Emerald City. Yeah. Thanks for that's such a beautiful beautiful question. So now I want to hear what was your first Emerald City? Mine is definitely a bit of a two-part like within my Emerald City there's the other Emerald City or like the palace within the Emerald City. So mine, of course, is New York City. Of course, of course. I've always felt gravitated towards, I felt I felt a pull my whole life towards the city. It was in a lot of the movies I love, which I'll get into in a second. <laughs> but, a, so it was in, like, my media consumption. Yeah. But also, I lived in New Jersey. Coming in was so special. I... Seeing the vista, seeing the skyline coming in from Jersey still takes my breath away. Just how massive. And I'm like, that's where my soul wants to be. I Mm -hmm. always felt that as a little girl. Always. Just that is my people. I loved, like, when we'd go in and, like, go to, like, little diners and go see a show and, like, the stage door. Like, all of that was just so glamorous and, like, a gritty, a gritty glamorous that I loved yes. so much as I a love kid. the grittiness. <laughs> I love the grittiness, too. I love the mixture. And I, yeah, I just was addicted as a child to New York City. And um, I used to, if we had, like, a full car going in, often we did, it would be... My dad, my pop-up, I'd sit in the front in the middle. Oh, the best. Which is, like, that never only would happen if we were full car. So it was, like, yes. a big deal when I get to do that. And then it would be my mom, my Aunt Emma, or my Aunt Maureen, and my Nana in the back. So it would mm-hmm. be a full car situation. And I would, anytime we had a toll worker, I would yell to them, like, have a great day! <laughs> You're so cute. Like, I would be so excited just to get... To New York City. And we didn't go that often. It was like, when I was younger, it was not that much. We started picking up going when I became more interested in musical theater, which was probably around like 12, 13. Right. And then we would see things that probably like, we probably saw shows like once every two months. We came in quite a lot, which was great. This was also when Broadway was a little bit more financially attainable. Yeah. 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 It wasn't like, oh, God, like we're seeing this show. (laughs) Um, And we used to get like all the little discounts and stuff for everything. It was so great. Um, So within the city, the Plaza Hotel Mm. has also been my Emerald City. I just was by it today. Today. I love it so much. And this is where Home Alone 2 definitely <laughs> comes out. And it was my favorite film as a kid. One of my top favorite Kevin. films. I was obsessed with both, but I always had a soft spot for oh, Lost yeah. in New York yeah. because I secretly wanted to be Lost in New York as well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to meet a bird lady. <laughs> I wanted to slide on my stomach across the Plaza Hotel floors and onto oh, yeah. an elevator. Eat a pizza in the limo. There's so many things. Yeah. Duncan's toy chest. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted all of that. That sounded like heaven, what he got to experience. <laughs> um, and so that's always been, the Plaza's always been this, like, elegant, extravagant magical place but I actually didn't really start developing my own relationship with it until last-ish year which is funny like I've always loved the plaza but like last year I fell in love I was reading this book about Kay Thompson who's actually the author of Eloise which Uh, I love Eloise so good about three-ish years ago I went to the New York Historical Society and they had a exhibit all on Eloise all on Mm -hmm. Kay Thompson and I I think I spent two hours in the exhibit 
And that's when I actually was introduced to Eloise more than just like, oh, that book I that see. Book. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I got to get the book. I love everything about this character creation. I love everything about this eccentric wild woman who created this character. I love her. Who lived in the plaza rent-free until she was evicted. And she was evicted? Yes, and it was like, then take down everything that's Eloise. Like, oh, she demanded them to take everything down. she should. If hey, you're going to kick me out. Why like, not? It's so great. Love her. I love her. I love Kay Thompson so much. I read her <laughs> autobiography last summer. And it was you mean incredible. You made a story about this, I so, remember. Yeah, I had this day that was, I was talking about it today with my friend that I met in the park. It was the best day that I could have Ugh. given to myself. Like, just one of those self-soul days where I finished the Kay Thompson book, which was basically like having this weird backstage pass to a Hollywood I wish I yeah. new, like up close and personal. <laughs> like, her, I wish I was one of her singers and her choruses. Like... <sighs> She was a vocal... So, Kay Thompson, just, like, a quick history. She's a very odd bird, did so many things. Like, this, like, weapon, like, a secret weapon, I feel like. She was a vocal arranger and a coach for um, the Arthur Freed unit back in the the movie movie studio contract days. So, she was Judy Garland's oh vocal gosh. coach, which was Crazy. pretty big. Frank Sinatra called her up all the time when he needed help. Like, she was a go-to for so many people. Wow. And she is incredible because she started in radio. Um, she transitioned to being behind the scenes. And then in the 50s into 60s, she became this headliner of a nightclub act that was considered, like, the best thing you could ever see. But it was for, like, the posh society. Yeah. When, like, the nightclub scene started booming. So she performed all the time in the Persian Room at the Plaza. And at, in those performances, it is said, but I think it also was happening beforehand, and she probably refined it in these performances, was this character Eloise she created of this like little girl who lived in the plaza? Are you gonna do your impression? Oh my gosh, I wish I could. I there's a recording <laughs> I am obsessed with. Where she's like, I'm Eloise and I live on the thirteenth floor. Like it's just like this hilarious poshy. I'm Eloise. Charge it, please. Charge it. It's so good. So I just fell in love with all of this. So I finished the book and I gave myself a day at the plaza. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to listen to Kay Thompson music, Walk the Park. And just go back in time because I also feel like I fell in love with a New York that doesn't quite exist so much anymore. Like old timey, Mm -hmm. um, romanticized New York City where you would hear a... um, Julie Stein music playing like yeah. that's totally the New York I definitely like yeah. my soul loves for sure old old soul musical human that I am um so I gave myself this day and I wasn't go I was gonna go down into the food court which I love I love the food court it's so fun. this holiday season I was there so much getting hot chocolates <laughs> it's so fun but I was like you know what? I'm gonna do the palm court <laughs> Do the palm court. I did it on a whim. Yes. Which is insane because it is definitely like the dollar signs are out. It is so expensive. But I I was wanted to treat myself to something. I wasn't going away that summer, and I was just like, this is my going away. And it was heaven. I sat at the palm court, had had tea and like this beautiful uh, crumpet and macaroon dish. I just felt crumpet. so luxurious. Yeah. And like, you know, jazz music is around. Oh. It's just like, I'm so serenaded in these moments. And it's just so yeah. impeccably gorgeous in there. I was watching this YouTube tour of the plaza with like a little <laughs> bit of history mixed in. Yeah. Which was so fun because it is so, the history is so deep. And all these like yeah. weird eclectic 
people like celebrity there. iconic people like yeah. this princess lived there for a while had what? like a lion she had what? a lion a pet lion in her tub I want to read like a memoir so, of a of a doorman or someone right you know? they've seen it all Who like knows? that person the Beatles when they stayed there yeah. that was the first place they stayed in America there should be a movie about this uh, there's a book that I really want that Ooh. I eye sometimes when I'm like in the Plaza Hotels gift store and I'm like I really should I get this I really want to get this because <laughs> I just think the building is fascinating and it definitely was yeah. like a cross ground when especially in the 50s and 60s when the Persian room was huge for arts like yeah. the artist energy scene was mixing with like the wealthy class and I think that's where a lot of that overlap started happening yeah um which is interesting but yeah I just I just find the plaza to be so that capture of extravagance yeah and relaxation and Mm. just like I could stare at it and be so fulfilled yeah so that's it for me is the plaza within New York City Oh, we're gonna go there. It's our dream to spend. Oh my god! I just want one night in like a suite at Christmas time. Oh I think my last god. year we, we looked, looked at like, rates. We were like, oh it god, like seven hundred. Oh no, 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 no! It was more. Right? I think it was more than that. Maybe I think like it's close to like. A, I think it's close to a grand. It's something in the grand. <laughs> I think it maybe was. Yeah. And then we were like, let's look at the home loan package. They have a oh, home loan package. Oh, that package. was the one. Yeah. We were like horrified. That's this is where we thousands. We were like, and Eloise has a room. Can we do this? Yeah, Patrick's like, ah, uh, guys. Yeah, I think he vetoed us. Um, there's also an Eloise room that you could stay we're going. at. I'm gonna take you there. I just want one night. That's all. If like that's all I get in my life, I will be so content. <laughs> it's one night. At one the night at the Plaza. I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's just like I would be like so like my little girl self would feel like a princess, oh, yeah. and it's, it's so it's so ultimate. silly and frilly, and it doesn't mean Ugh. much besides just like no, that's important. It's just like it's something that's been in my life as a faraway thing, you know. Those moments when you can make those dreams like a reality and like, be like, oh, I'm actually. I need a here. friend to get married there. I need like these situations. Done. I'll to make happen. it happen. <laughs> that's my that's my new thing now for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It'll be Oz themed. It'll be awesome. Oz themed at the plaza. My Emerald City now. Yeah. I definitely feel a little bit like the glitz and glamour has been like like in a snow globe like snow globe like shaken up and I don't know how it's falling back down Mm. with what my Emerald City is now I think I will always have a special part special soft spot in my heart for New York yeah. like even today I went to Central Park with my best friend from Philadelphia and his partner and it was just magical it I was like is. and I'm under the spell I can yeah. live here my whole life like yeah. I love it here so so much mm. so I know that this place it's like a lover like I never want to I never want to get rid of but then like yeah. that lover is abusive as oh, anything gosh. that lover takes my dollars <laughs> Yeah. That lover makes it pretty hard. and Lover like, doesn't always care about you. <laughs> right, right. Has a lot of other lovers. Yeah, lots of lovers. Can't be monogamous. Yeah. Um, at my birthday, actually, my husband, who's, he actually third did. Third roommate. Third roommate, who actually, I think, looked at the plaza to see if it was oh possible. My, oh, I think so he sweet. told me that, and I was like, stop. He Take did, me he, with you. He did, he probably would have. Um <laughs> He was, I think it's just not open right now. Well, I went by today and there was a, like, in marker, closed. (laughs) Marker. I was like, oh my God, like, I made that. Who (laughs) wrote that? I was like, it's so not fancy. It's so sad. Closed. 
just close. But that's like what this. That's time what this time is. is yeah, right. This is yep. Just a car but I peeked back. into the permanent residence, which is oh Ooh, my god, that. Stop. I mean, I just can stare at it. I literally what? am happy peeking in. Like that's Wait, how. Wait, what floor I, is that on? The, the private residence is a different entrance, you oh, know, oh, like right. by the fountain. On the north side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just was peeking in, because there's people coming in and out there. Right. Oh, my gosh. I know, the doorman oh, really should have a Oh, I've never been in that side. Yeah, they should. You, can't, bet, you can't go in. You can't go in? Oh. No, it's private residence only. It's in. very... Ooh, bougie. Yeah, I just saw at the bottom of the stairs, like, taking hey. a moment. Yeah, so, plaza's closed. Yeah, it's um, So, he got us a little staycation yeah. in LIC. Love LIC. And which is like so close to us. It's I so we Ubered home and yeah. it was like not even ten minutes. It was so really? fast. It was amazing. Um and we had this gorgeous view of mm-hmm. the skyline. And I took a moment on my birthday. I went out on the balcony and I was like, hey girl. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, hey boy. New York is also like non-binary. I'm just like <laughs> always saying different like <laughs> lots of energies. Yes, lots of energies. And I just was like, can we talk? Because we definitely need need a moment. And it felt actually amazing because New York fell on my eye level because I was up so high. And I just was like, I'm not going to run around for you anymore. I cannot be dragged through your streets. I can't just keep running and running and not knowing what I'm running for or like... Mm getting so exhausted so quickly and I'm getting older where I'm like the running is not it like you know Um, so I had a moment I'm like I'm not gonna run I will walk briskly (laughs) I will definitely walk briskly but like I am done with that are you cool I was like are you cool with that and I feel what like New York say? said yes. Like, New York was wow. like, yeah, you're cool. good. I see you. And I was like, okay, cool. New York is pretty understanding sometimes. I think so. Yeah. So I feel like we maybe cleared up our relationship. But I, I'm i with you with, like, the Emerald City feeling maybe more like a spiritual home for sure right now. Like, within myself and the people that make me feel just so at ease that... Yeah. It feels like through the screens have been invited into our home I through know. these screens. They're seeing everything. But I think like if we want to go there, like the real Emerald City is, <laughs> is I just hope that wherever I end up, it's with people I love are not far. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. just tired of distance, I think, too. Like, I hope... I mean, you know me. I keep being like communal living. Let's get, <laughs> let's get a farm. I don't know if I'm ever moving out. Like, right? I don't think you are. I think wherever you move next, I'll probably it's go. It's just with a you. part of it. You've yeah. never been married without me. No, so. we don't know what that means. <laughs> just so you know, we'll, we'll divorce. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. We'll be like it's MK. She's not here. She's the real reason. I yeah. I don't. I just want like this communal farm living. That's like beautiful. I want to. I really am curious about community living because I do think with what the current economy is and how how, what it's like to be in like in the space of wanting to have a family but still money conscious and not quite where we want to be financially but also like not needing maybe all the things that Mm -hmm. our parent generation needed Mm -hmm. like having a house, a car, blah, blah. I'm so cool with, like, a shared sort of something yeah. of those things. And also, like, raising kids in a group of, like, a village situation. Takes village. I don't That's know. I'm beautiful. really fascinated, like, kind of older. And, like, these are all called unconventional. They're all labeled as, like, not the norm. I'm like, I think there's something really beautiful. So beautiful. And it's also, like, some families do that. They live, Yeah, huge you know. families live together, yeah. Yeah, and I remember... That used to be my dream as mm-hmm. a child because I hated to be alone. <laughs> I could not, like, I was such a mommy's girl. Like, I 
I didn't even, I, I just had to like be by her or know that they were near. Um, even go, I remember going to my grandparents' house once and I was crying in the car that my grandma and my grandma had to turn around and take me back. <laughs> so like I, that was my dream as a child to be like, why can't all of our families just like be together all the time and just live together? So maybe this is something that should happen. And like just this magical farm where we all just... Yeah. It's a simpler lifestyle and we all take care of one another, make each other laugh, make food together. Yeah. I'm so into that. I think that's how I'm meant to exist in like some weird way because I am so like on my own. I just don't make sense. I think there's also... Yeah, I think there's also something with New York that you sometimes like... I sadly don't really know our neighbors. I know no. you've made effort. And the city sometimes, like, runs us as yeah. opposed to you run it. Like, right. it could feel like you just get on these tracks and, like, you don't really want anything interfering with yeah. that. Whereas I, I think, you know, yeah. I grew up in the suburbs where it's like, you know your neighbors and maybe you'll yeah. have a potluck or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, so. we we have, like, very casual relationship. It's actually gotten better, I think, because of the pandemic, like, where mm-hmm. I'll ask, like, a little bit more than just yeah. hello. Um and our building's pretty cool because, like, we are it's we are a very multicultural building. We have yeah. only five apartments in this building, mm-hmm. so it's pretty tiny. Like, we should know these people. I know. I feel like neighbors. I just never even see people anymore. Also, like, I don't see them ever <laughs> but, sometimes. Yeah, no, I'll go for long really, stretches. There's only a few of us here, so. Yeah. yeah. What you were saying earlier about, hey, girl, I'm not going to run around for you anymore. But you, there was a time when you were like, I will do whatever you want, New York City. I oh, there was a time. I will do it. Mm-hmm. And what do you how, want? Where do you want me to show up? Right. And how there is, like, a bittersweet feeling with that but it's also a beautiful thing because I think that means your relationship can change with the city and you are changing yeah and you're growing and that's also really cool it's hard to let yeah. go of sometimes but it also is there's like a deep sure deeper part of that too I think about maybe a year and a half ago two years ago so like pre-pandemic I came back maybe from a contract out of town and always coming back like when you're living your dream and this mm-hmm. bubble somewhere in America where you feel so seen and you're doing what you love and you come back to the city to maybe not knowing what's next to a lot of question marks. Yeah. It can be really daunting and you could feel like, oh God, like I've, it's a restart. You have to completely refresh and go. I was feeling so like blah about like Mm -hmm. wanting like the hustle of it and just like where I'm at and just like it was all like really intense fear-based stuff that I was sorting through and like trying to figure out what steps I should be taking but I remember I was like are you falling I had like a moment of like are you falling out of love with this city I'm not sure I need to see so I like made myself on a Monday morning when I knew the theaters would be dark so it wouldn't be crazy Mm-hmm. Got up early, and like around like nine to get there around ten to have coffee somewhere. Yeah, and I walked every single I street. This. I walked yeah. every single street of the Broadway district yeah. and walked by every single theater. I looked at the posters. I didn't just go like into that like numb or like not numb, um, zoned out, yeah, detached. Yeah, detached. Like I'm not like you know. I sometimes like being around something you love when you're not doing it in the way you want to be doing. It can also it's be a pain. Harmful. Like it could be a heartbreak. Yeah. 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 Um, especially like 
I see my friends' successes as like my own success too of like, wow, I get to experience I get to experience them in this show, whatever yeah. it might be. But it does get hard when you're like, I of just course. want this so bad. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten so close as we all have had like these experiences that are like close but no cigars. Uh-huh. And no one hears about that. Like no, that's no, the no, stuff no. that is always like yeah. kept behind closed doors usually. Yeah. So yeah, I made myself walk by. I remember, like, really taking in the um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, mm. like, theater and being like, oh, my gosh, I do need to see that this. theater just, is gorgeous. And I got excited again. I felt like a young girl, and I went into the little shops that are are um, very Broadway. They're all Broadway-themed. Yeah. Um, and I just was, like, looking through, like, souvenir programs oh, and getting myself fun. back into, like, you can love this. Yeah. Even if it's not... Like, you're not living what you thought you would. Like, it's mm-hmm. so... I think in your early 30s, you have an identity crisis with the what you thought your life would be. If it's not mm-hmm. that, there's a lot of, like, letting go and, like, readjusting or just accepting, embracing what has happened. Now, I'm so grateful for everything that has unraveled in my life. Um, I think I'm a backroads Betty. Like, I take the backroads <laughs> path, and I love... Like, I wouldn't trade my summer's in the mountains doing theater for anything in the world. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm a highway person. Like, I don't think I would have ever been that person right out of school to be, like, flying Mm. to the Broadway. (laughs) Um, And I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, like, something. I remember having that walk, and that really did do something to me. And I think sometimes, too, it's, like, when we're in relationships with anything, you just need to take a moment sometimes and remind yourself, Mm why you love this because it's so easy to get caught up in maybe it not feeling like you thought it would yeah and you feeling like your your manifestation or your talent or you're just you're not enough you're you're starting to doubt that like am I good enough for this yeah which like usually the answer to that is of course you are of course you are yeah more than enough yeah but what oh I love what you're sharing and I'm thinking about, like, your plaza day, your theater day, my time, like, at the farm that I went to, yes. like, reuniting my love of children's literature. Yeah, bring adult. it back to part one. Yeah, part one, callback. And just, like, <laughs> how these feel like small things of taking the time to, like, reconnect with yourself or your city or s- s- small things that you love or big things that you love, but they fill your, like, you're still talking about it today, you know? Yeah, of course, I remember it. And it reconnects you back to those parts of yourself. So I just love the changing relationship of our Emerald Cities. Yes, yes. Wow. I think it's also, like, I'm looking at you with your glasses on. I'm still wearing them. I don't like, know if I'll ever do take them Do the glasses off. get stained sometimes, and you just have to, like, take them off and, like, like get, the, get the smudge off, right? Yeah. Or it just doesn't look as sparkly sometimes it could lose that like oh it's just so interesting like I like I just wish we didn't blame ourselves when it loses the sparkle like yeah. what's wrong with me and it's like maybe we're just meant to evolve and maybe not be or maybe this is how some people are like not sedentary creatures and just go with the flow yeah just go with the flow um mm. and change yes and allow our Emerald Cities to change right with it, which I think, mm. like, we can, we've been talking a lot off the mic, like, our parents' <laughs> generation with our generation, just, like, how different 
the growing up experience was and also like mm-hmm. how different the economy is when we're like in a time of our life when our parents were having families and like we're yeah. like oh my god how to do that yeah <laughs> at this time <sighs> well I love yes I love what you're saying and it's making me wonder like what Dorothy felt that first moment of maybe approaching this gate seeing it because we have to remember all this time she didn't even know that if it really did exist she's never seen it She's kind of blindly trusting. And they can't really see it, which I said before, like, it's just like this light that is, it's still the hope. Yeah. But they're not there yet. Yes. It's still like just a blur. It's a mirage. Yeah. And then there's a wall. There's a great wall that surrounds the city. It was high and thick and of a bright green color. Mm -hmm. So they're still kind of shielded away from it. I love this um, detailing that <laughs> the scarecrow's eyes, I guess, is that even the, the painted eyes of the scarecrow were dazzled by their brilliancy. Speaking of the emeralds that they're now starting to see that were glittering in the sun mm-hmm. and how just like what we were talking about before, this like overall enchantment that just comes over you and yeah. your senses are so serenaded. Mm-hmm. And also like the scarecrow is... Like, this is all painted on, and it's still, and it's still having so an effect. enchanting. I did re- recall, and I would love to know so much more about this, because it has come up in my... When I did read a lot of L. Frank Baum biographies, his enchantment of the white city within the World's Fair in Chicago right. in 1893. Yeah. And how that probably had a big effect... On Emerald City. On the creation of the yeah. Emerald City. Love that. There's definitely a correlation there. You know what's crazy that I did not realize? Hmm. In the 19th century, cities were also usually pretty disgusting. Like, there was a lot of air pollution, um, just dust, and, like, just a lot of clogged, smoggy, like, feelings within the cities. I can see that. So, like, seeing something like this white city, this glistening... um, pristine, perfect place that existed with, yeah, that was glowing in the sunlight, that had all these wonders of electricity. There's this beautiful Ferris wheel. Like, this was not really a site that anyone's eyes were used used to. to. Yeah. And it kind of changed the game. Like, this was, this is considered the World's Fair that changed America because it put all of electricity and all this in, like, this lavish way. So seeing that, as someone who maybe lives in a city, people who lived in Chicago at the time being like, our city could look like this? Like, where are we right now? Wow, this is truly like I'm walking into a fairyland. Yeah. And I really, I want to go back into researching more of the of the white cities. God, it's so hard to just hear white city now and not oh, be like, oh gosh, my God. Yeah. Like. It's a little, <laughs> yeah. A little jarring. Um, but uh, it's so, I want to go back and do some of the research of how, what an impact this had. Because, you know, yeah. the World's Fair even impacted, like, someone like Walt Disney. This is oh, how yeah. he had ideas I to start. I love that connection, for sure. It's just incredible. They were, like, a huge part of just life. Like, people looked forward My to My dad those. talks about the New York one all it's the time. It's a big memory. Yeah. Like, the, I remember when we were on Sister Act, so when we were in... Um, the fairgrounds are still pretty protected, Yeah, when protected we were in... Too. Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. There was like a whole part of Knoxville where you can see like here we're here's the World's Fair from so many years ago. Also a weird, cool? a weird connection of like we we're just talking about Disney 
apparently in the plaza in one of their um, lodge rooms. I can't remember what room it is specifically. It's like a dining area. Yeah. There is a castle portrait or painting um, that apparently Walt Disney was inspired by that inspired Cinderella's what? castle. Are you serious? Moving forward. or Yeah, one, I guess maybe the castle for Disneyland, so that's Sleeping Beauty's castle. It's lore. It's not been what? proven, but yeah, isn't that interesting? That's, I haven't heard that. That's cool. The Plaza has a lot of interesting stories because so many yeah. people have stayed high there level people. Yeah, yeah, people stay there. Probably yeah. like donated stuff, and yeah. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I've got to research that now because I'm excited. Um, okay, so they arrive, and but they're still outside of the gate. Dorothy pushes a button. She hears a silvery tinkle. The gate swings open, and they find themselves in a highly arched room, and before them stands a little man about the size of the munchkins. He's clothed in all green, and he's our wonderful guardian of the gates that we were talking about yes. in part one. And the entrance is so over the top. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's just the the room that they're entering is so overdone and emerald. Like, why is it there? <laughs> well, they're not in the glasses yet. I keep thinking True. about, like... I think it's oh, like has to be very it's showy. Be, like it's gotta be great. Gotta have a big first impression on people. They like, used this all is the their best. money yes. on those emeralds. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And he asks them why they're there. Dorothy speaks up. We came here to see the Great Oz. And I love the man's surprise. And he says that it's been many years since anyone has even asked. To see Oz. Yes. How interesting is that? No one even tries anymore. I noted that, and I said, well, what has the wizard been doing? What does he do all day? No one knows. No one knows. He doesn't even see the people who work there. Like, they they can't even see him face to face. I think he's just sitting there hoping no one discovers him. (laughs) But, like, what kind of life is he leading? I mean, I guess we'll get into that way more when we get to meet him. Uh, But that, like, just hearing that of... Yeah, I'm like, what is he? What was he doing all these years? If no one is questioning him, yeah, he's probably a little bored. What struck me too is that the guardian says he's powerful and terrible, and if you come at an on an idle or foolish errand to bother the wise reflections of the great wizard, he might be angry and destroy you all in an instant. <laughs> Has he done this? Right, apparently, or maybe he's threatened to. What is this fear based on? Is it evidential? Is it experience? I don't think it is. I truly think or is he's it done just nothing. yeah? Is it just based on words? Yeah, and words alone. Oh yeah. I am just so curious. It's that line that keeps being straddled of the fear of the wizard and the praise of the wizard. It's right. so interesting. Yep. And as it goes along, this is something that really struck me. Mm. Um. So the scarecrow says, like, we're here on, I promise you, this is not, not important. Yeah. We are here with a purpose, blah, yes. blah, blah. Um, and he says, and we have been told that Oz is a good wizard. And said the, I love this, is said the green man, the guardian the of the gate. Man. He says, so he is. And he rules the Emerald City wisely and well. But to those who are not honest or who approach him from curiosity. Mm. Okay, I'm stopping there. But to those who are not honest or who approach him from curiosity. That is not a cool side note. That's saying, 
Okay, yeah, we don't like people who are dishonest. We don't like liars, but we don't like people questioning us yeah. either. So That's I wrote like, okay, point. so is the wizard resistant to change that doesn't reflect his beliefs? Like, is he just not going to hear it? Is he just going to say no? Probably, yeah. I also took it as <sighs> since no one has seen him apparently and people don't even visit him that often anymore. Mm-hmm. Of someone like Dorothy, who maybe is new and arrives, and maybe wants to take advantage of his mystery and is curious in the curiosity of, I want to just go look and ogle and then tell everyone, and then he'd be exposed, you know? So it's like, I took it as as that as well. Yeah, yeah, like he has to protect his... Fragile. And what is ambiguous... Yeah, he has right. to he has to protect this whole yeah facade that he's created. Yeah, um, I love the note then. But first, you must put on the spectacles. The spectacles. And I saw that as like okay, the illusion we get that we have here to maintain we go. here. These here spectacles, we go. which were omitted from the MGM film, so Not this there. was a little bit of a like oh, this is a new element so, that such a big part. Yeah. yeah, and it's a big part, and I think some of the. Later musical versions down the line have added, added the spectacles in. back I, in. I really like them a lot. I think they're cool. I yeah. think it. I think it gives a visual to what we're talking oh, about it too. Adds such a layer, yes. for sure. Yeah. So he says you have to wear these because the brightness and glory of the Emerald City would blind you. Everyone wears them here, and they are locked on. That's horrifying. They're locked on, and he has the key. This man. How did he get this trusty? <laughs> Position, Mr. Eclectic Pirate Man. He has a whole big box that's filled with spectacles of every size and shape. There's so much fear in this, though. Like, Mm. because if you did not wear spectacles, the brightness and glory of the Emerald City would blind you. So it's like, okay, your eyesight will be taken away if you don't keep these on. There are physical repercussions. So it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to mess with that. Yeah. Everyone is like, all right, yes, let's put these on. Wow. So, yeah, he gets them. He gets out their glasses. All of them, even Toto, wears the (laughs) The green glasses. I love that the detail of there were two golden bands fastened to them that passed around the back of their head. Mm. It's even very lavish detail. Yeah. How these glasses. These are fancy glasses. Yeah, assemble and how he locks them on. (laughs) Uh, and, but this is what also struck me. When they were on, Dorothy could not take them off, had she wished. But, of course, she did not wish to be blinded by the glare of the Emerald City, so she said nothing. She said nothing. Silenced. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, silence. No questioning. No curiosity. Yeah, no curiosity. Okay, I'm just going to go with it, even yeah. though I feel uncomfortable. What is this? This doesn't feel right, but let me go with it, because the wizard means more to me. And the Guardian even has his own glasses. He puts his on, too. I think it's interesting. So he has keys for everybody's glasses? That's a lot of people. I guess maybe they all have the same key. <laughs> That's a lot of people's glasses. Oh, so, well, like, they can't how does off. this work? Like, you sleep in them? You sleep in your glasses? They said he sleeps. He's, he said they sleep in them. Night and day. So, wait, what That's happened? uncomfortable. That's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Like, imagine taking them off for the first time in forever and, like, the indents. I know. In your skin. Yeah, you're going to have a tan, too. That is so wild. <laughs> what happens when, like, a child outgrows them? Mm. Oh, wait, what? we don't know if people age. They have to age. go into the throne room. Or that, not the throne room. They have to go into that first room and get their new pair. I guess so. 
Okay, so I would I have a lot of thoughts about the glasses that I'm sure throughout our journey we'll talk about. To me, these glasses are masking insecurities because not to spoil it, but we find out that the Emerald City is actually not as dazzling as perhaps it people say it is. Yeah. That the emeralds either aren't green or they're not as green. They're just not as bright and vivid. And so these glasses are actually a lie. They're a filter. They are a facade. They are yeah. an Instagram filter. They're a filter. So to me, they're all about protecting the truth. Hiding the truth. Hiding the truth because your senses are so stimulated yeah. by something beautiful and sparkly. Yeah. And then I was thinking about how sometimes we wear these, our own green glasses, metaphorically, either unknowingly, unknowingly being shielded from the truth, the reality of something, or sometimes knowingly. I, I like to even think that this guardian of the gates, maybe he even knows the truth about the Emerald City, but he just wears them like like how you were talking about in Dorothy Must Die, the perma smile. The perma thing. smile. Uh, just like everything's fine. And yes. I'm just going it's safer to just see Oz, see Emerald City, see the Emerald City with my glasses on. That's the keyword. It's safer to yeah. do this. Yeah. And so that was just making me think. Yeah. Are you ready for a question? Yeah. You asked such great questions, so I'm gonna try <laughs> to live up to you. I'm ready. Can you think of a time, slash, is there a time now, a situation now, where you have been wearing green glasses, whether 100%. whether knowingly or unknowingly, like, giving into the facade? A hundred percent. I think this is the year of the shattering of mm. my green glasses. I mean, this year has been about... I can't unsee what I now see and I can't unsee how complacent and how silent or how excuse laden my inactiveness was when I knew deep down what is being screamed now and what we're also just seeing more and more injustices in Mm -hmm. when I I've known it deep down for so long um, but have never knew I could have a voice or have any agency in my own thoughts. So definitely, and I'm mostly speaking about what it means to be an anti-racist human in a racist country. Yeah. Um, and how I don't think the one thing is, I don't think I went through a fragile phase where I was like, Oh my god! Like I, I was like, I'm ready to fall apart. Like, please, like mm-hmm. I, I've known something is wrong, and I see it in my industry, and I feel like I've constantly just had to bite a bad apple in how toxic work environments. As an actor, you sometimes feel like the low hanging fruit, and mm-hmm. just have to go with the people in power who abuse the power, and just bite it and perma smile. I've had to perma smile so much mm. in my career. And that's one, I think, reason why Emerald, the, my Emerald City of New York or Broadway has lost a little bit 
of its luster because I don't want to perma-smile anymore. No more. (laughs) No more. And so, yeah, this year definitely has shattered my glasses. Like, I've talked to myself, like, where were you when Tamir Rice was murdered? Like, what did did you even know was happening? Mm -hmm. Just also, like, the, like, excuse of, like, you... Ah, politics isn't your thing, or like yeah. I'm like, well, it's more than that now. We're like, we're talking human rights now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's the big the big glasses have been a lot of been industry related because I've just kind of said this is how it is. Um, you have to play this game in order to get ahead this way. Okay, so maybe it's. And I'll say this, because I am is witnessing me not being able to answer this because it's so loaded. <laughs> and I want to be completely transparent with audience members and not just find an ending because I need to find an ending. But yeah, this my glasses have shattered and I I'm relooking at a lot of my choices in life too right now of just why did you do that and not judging myself, just, like, trying to understand, like, how I think I thought I had to live, work to have my dreams accomplished or be a respected performer in the Broadway industry. Yeah. I think where I'm at right now is I'm not willing to sacrifice what I know I need to be made whole for maybe an industry, and I'm speaking specifically about theater in New York City, this very big hustle energy, maybe wants you to forget. Like, they want, the or, like, like mental health doesn't matter sometimes mm. in this industry. And I'm like, well, no wonder I have, I've had my own struggles with anxiety and depression. Yeah. Because it just doesn't matter. We are asked to suck up and sacrifice and, like, push, push, push. And, like, only get two hours of sleep that night because that audition is worth it. And learn all this material and, like, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And not that it's, like, I don't have anything to show for it. I Like, I don't believe really in that. Like, having to have, like, trophies of, like, or, like, get all these jobs to make sense. It's just I I don't think I want to be not I don't think I want to be treated like I'm a machine anymore and I think that sometimes yeah. happens in the theater industry so yes yeah it's a hard thing to like say and like we we've talked about on this podcast when we enter rooms as theater artists where we respect it and treat it like we could take up the space wow is that <laughs> Unbelievable. It's like, whoa, it's, where am I right now? It's like I can you take get, off my glasses. Yes, you could take off your glasses. We all yeah. could take our glasses off. Yeah. And I don't know why sometimes it feels like that is so hard to get to that moment. And I know yeah. there's a lot of people who want to do this career. And I think this is the way pretty much on all um, competitive industries. For sure. This is definitely yeah. just something that happens. Is People don't have time to, you know, make everyone feel seen and heard. Yeah. But I'm kind of over that, too. I think a lot of people are. <laughs> I think this year has cracked a lot of us yeah. open and a lot of industries open like, for the better. It's hard to be at least kind. Like, yes. I'm at, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's at the least base. kind. 
at least your eyes are looking up and receiving the art before you in an audition scenario, as opposed yes. to you're giving me every sign physically right now that you are disinterested <laughs> and that I'm wasting my time. Yeah. And people always put it on the actor. You have like, you're crazy. Like, don't you're, do that. That's yeah, you're being yeah. in your head. And it's like, no, I'm just, I'm a, I'm, human. I'm a human and I pick up on cues on other yeah, people because that's why I act. Language. <laughs> Well, I think if this person was my scene partner, I would be concerned. <laughs> yeah, hi, are you here? Are you alive? Yes. I think in a lot of industries and competitiveness and also just going out into the world, it's easier to put your glasses on sometimes. It's oh my god. Like yes. even in my Sometimes I need them. Sometimes and, it's and survival. Yeah, sometimes you do need them. But I mean, when when someone gives you the freedom to take them off, especially like I'm thinking about my boss today with our with just everything going on, like a lot of businesses aren't profitable right now. No, everyone just wants to break even. And so a lot of people are thinking about how am I going to make money? And he acknowledged that. But he also said, we are a community of people. And how can we create that community with what's going on right now. And it felt like that moment of like, take off those glasses, take off the facade of playing the game. Yes. And you have full permission to be a person. Yes, we are a business, but we're also humans first. Also in a pandemic. In a, and we're going through this yes. time of inequality. It's always been unequal, but like this time that is different in a way. I mean, the pandemic, I think, in even in the most basic sense, has made people take their glasses off in just, like, how they get ready in the morning. Like, do I actually need to wear makeup today? Or can I just... Yeah. Or can I allow my hair to do what it does naturally as opposed to trying to straighten it and, yes. you know, make it look a certain way? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of that happening, even in the, like, tiniest little actions... This like, is, is this time. food good for me? Does this make me feel like this has been a pretty eye-opening journey? And I would <laughs> say I'm definitely feeling like I am following certain paths better than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, as I eat mint chocolate chip. Do it! You deserve Ice it! Ice cream! It's emerald, so <laughs> it's It's emerald, fine. it's on theme. But, you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's... Whew. That's what this has been, and... Like, yeah, the why. We were talking about this today. Just, like, why do you do that? Yeah. Is it because someone always told you? Or do you really believe that? Do you have your glasses on? Yeah. Like, (laughs) someone just hand you glasses like they did Dorothy, where she's Uh, like, okay. I know. And that's why I think it resonates with me deeply of just thinking about, like, for me, all those things. Mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. And I think for me, in the past few years especially past year I've been thinking about the facade of and I don't this is also tricky to talk about so I can only speak to my experience but my experience of what it means to be a woman and be female and like having sometimes feeling and looking back at my life and saying you had glasses on because you sometimes it's out of self-protection though you know, like being a woman in New York City, I've had many uncomfortable moments and just moments where I acted a certain way because you kind of have to play the game if you want yeah. to stay safe, unfortunately. Yeah. Moments of not using my voice or speaking up when maybe I was the only woman in a room. And so just thinking of literally I've had the glasses on and sometimes it 
they weren't glasses I specifically chose, but it's what oh, society has kind oh. of put on to us. Well, with women, with being a woman, I mean, sisterhood was a first shatter for me, too. Like, yes. when I found sisterhood, because, uh. I mean, I did not grow up with sisterhood. I grew up with, I had two things kind of going on, where I had a lot of my friends moved. Like, a lot of my close girlfriends moved while growing up, so I was yeah. consistently having to make that new best friend like it felt like almost yeah. every other year I oh. started to believe I had a curse when I was a oh. kid like I had moments where I was like living in the same city oh my god <laughs> and like it would break my heart I remember when my like oh. eighth grade best friend she, I had her for like three years so I was like this is my best friend forever she told me she was moving before high school the worst time um oh my god M. I no, was like beside myself. That's devastating I had that happening and then at the same time I also had a lot of wounds from young girls my age because I was Mm. I made a lot of people laugh but I was not cool (laughs) like I was listening to Shirley Temple and I was an old movie buff as a young kid (laughs) and we would have been friends I was all over the place I was totally this like I didn't really I think I started silencing myself because I wasn't fitting in Oh, yeah. um, I mean, that's, yeah, how that, that happens, right? I totally, I, I definitely also turned more to my homework and stuff and studies when I started to feel like I had no one. Yeah. So I actually became a better student. There was perks. <laughs> the silver there, lining. There was a silver lining, but I totally felt like I could never trust girls, yeah. women, because I was constantly seeing betrayal and guys are better. I know. Like, yeah. all of that stuff. Yes. Um throughout middle school into high school and even in college to an extent um it was the boys club my mm-hmm. like I definitely oh I also had opportunities in school where I was like the only female cast out of like I think there was I was the only like young female lead in a show of men like it was all yeah. the straight theater boys oh, and wow. like me and like three other girls yeah. who weren't called all the time yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like that, I always felt like, oh, I'm so cool now because I'm with all the boys, I'm with the boys. and the oh. girls treated me better when I was with. You know, it's just I like know. ah. I, I mean, we're now going down a completely other rabbit hole, but just to say, <laughs> sisterhood, and I found like that with our tour, with while doing mm-hmm. a coaching program that was rooted in sisterhood I learned I became a life coach while we were on our national tour of sister act on the bus on online training (laughs) but it was all rooted in we had sister circles we had a retreat everything was done in this equality and this love for one another and practicing what that actually looks like doesn't mean you have to agree on everything it's just like how to practice to be in a um, healing relationship with one another, we can heal together and not cause more harm. Yes. Because the world does enough of that on its own. And I was like, oh my God. Like, that was my first glass, like, my first glass is, like, blowing up. Yeah. Because I never knew women could be Hmm. constellations for one another, could be cheerleaders. I never, I had tastes of it, but it always came with a little salt. Mm. Like yes. I had, a, I had girlfriends that I would do anything for, of course, up until that point. But you know, like always, drama and things could kind of get in the way. Yeah. So yeah, I know. I yeah. I mean, I'm so lucky to like be a part of your sisterhood. You know. Um, I mean, I in 
middle school wanted so badly to be a part of like the popular girls for a time which oh. is so unlike <laughs> my personality I think because oh, I now just, I'm like yeah no. I'm like what are you talking about but I mean in seventh I will never go back to seventh grade you couldn't pay me no millions of dollars never. um because it was so much just facade fake makeup like and makeup's not bad but just like it had to this is what a popular girl looks like and this is what being a girl that boys like looks like and having the boys like you you, act yeah having the boys like you is what was it was all about and I remember I definitely chased boys in middle school but like I think they would reject me I don't remember and I remember just like shame of being like oh I'm not wanted by the boy and and so that's what matters that's what mattered you know that's what status with my girls right it's so messy and so, and like I think now. that's even what led to like my, how why I fell in love. I why I really got so involved with theater too because that was such safe. a safe space. Theater was so you know? safe like, and that so removed from yeah. the hierarchy of like the weirder you are, the better. <laughs> oh my gosh, theater! I felt like yeah, I was like okay, yeah, this is where I could. All, I also felt like I could find who I was because it wasn't my words. Right. Yeah. I was like, I'm safe behind someone else's words. The part is asking me to do this. It's not me. Right. Oh my God. I remember my first year of college where they were like, it's all about you you being you. And I was like, I don't want to be me. I remember being like, I don't want to be me. (laughs) I do this to not be me. I remember just being like, so like aggressively angry. (laughs) I love it. But yeah, it's, it's so crazy. I think maybe we're like given, you're giving me this image of like, Oh my god, I mean, this would be a really cool art piece of just, like, a young person, especially, like, a young... I mean, the more you put, I think, disadvantages in someone's life, it would be harder and harder. So, a young person, Mm -hmm. just watching them, like, when they receive green glasses in their life and put Mm -hmm. them on and just accept them like Dorothy just did. Wow. And, like, how they pile on. They pile on. Yeah, you don't get just one pair. No, you don't get just one pair. And I feel like... This year and this life is, like, a process of pulling off the glasses, pulling off the layers, discovering, yeah, what you were saying earlier of, like, is this what I actually believe or did I just willingly put these on? And I feel like, yeah, especially with, like, gender, I think of if I ever were to have a daughter, how would I try so hard to not put those glasses on her? Um, So it's, yeah, it's a constant unlearning. Yeah. I mean, it also doesn't help sometimes when I feel like I'm trying not to put the glasses on, but the, like, what the gla- the glasses have given me, they're still, like, it's still in my periphery. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that's just kind of how we operate. I mean, I'm thinking as a woman now, or just, like, consistent reminders of you are getting older, or consistent reminders right. of beauty and, like, all right, that. Right, That this should matter, this should matter. And I think it, I mean, it's great when you, I, I don't, I don't um, knock anything of the beauty industry. I think yeah. also, like, taking care, it's part of taking care of yourself. Oh, I've loved putting on makeup during this pandemic <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's then. super like, fun. It makes you feel Yes, great. it does. But yeah, it's just this like have to, you know. Right, the should or I have to do this. Do you and, yeah. do you feel anything in addition in terms of your glasses? Because mm. I know we just like there's went so many things. I know. Do you feel like you have a pair that you've just taken off that's specific or one that you remember? 
it's this one's a little tricky to discuss because I'm still not not to discuss, but I'm there's so many layers. As I think we're discovering with this question, it's hard. But I think a big one that I don't know if I'm taking the glasses off, but I'm maybe like evaluating if I'm wearing the glasses or what kind of glasses I'm wearing is with religion and with with faith. Oh, I grew up big. I grew up um, Christian. My grandpa was a pastor. He's a retired pastor. I grew up like singing in church. That was my first place that I just loved singing. Um, I grew up in a just a very comforting white old chapel where I was the youngest person by far. It was like lots was of Was the chapel people. white or like the people? <laughs> all. Probably all. All of it. Probably, <laughs> yeah, probably all. It was definitely, yeah, the building. Um, and it, But yeah, it was such a comforting place to me. And then, but I, I definitely, I think in middle school, like probably around the time I was trying to fit in was when I was like, oh, maybe I can just, like, read my Bible and that will be, like, my thing that I do. You know, you're always trying to find your thing. Um, but then, yeah, it did become a personal, like, thing that I... that was a part of my life. And I feel like in the past few years, for sure, it has been a little bit of questioning, like, well, do I believe this certain tenet of of, yeah. of this religion? Or is it just comforting to me? Like, how deep am I thinking about this? What does that I mean? mean? Like, whoa, what yeah. does it mean in the context of 2020? Do I believe this because my family? Or who told me this? Did anyone tell me this? Or did I just, like, pick it up, you know? So that's, like, a lifelong thing. But it also feels freeing and liberating to examine the glasses and maybe put them on from time to time and then maybe take them off. So that's where I am with that. Wow, um, I mean, that's a huge one. I yeah, know how one. important faith is for you. And I do think, like, we're back to the shape-shifting. Like, maybe your faith is shape-shifting, and that's yeah. allowed to so happen. Allowed. Yeah. That is what you're making me think, too. Like, I'm reliving a little bit of my experience with religion, because that has been on my plate of, like, give yourself space to go into... I mean, it's a little hard now, the pandemic. Just, like, waltz into a, any kind of congregation. And be like, <laughs> yeah, there's, hey, like, none. It's all online. It's all virtual. Yeah. But I have been... I've been dipping and dabbling in churches that I feel like... Yeah. I'm like, yes, this feels exactly like what I want to feel. Because I do think there's such value. I started going to um, a Christian church when I was in Philadelphia after, like, so much time away. Yeah from any kind of organized religion. I didn't agree with everything. Yeah, of course. But there was moments I was like, oh, I just like the community part. Like, I like I this love, part. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I like this and this. But I will always hold to this, and I don't know what it is about me. And I don't think it was me trying to be cool. Like, I really just truly never got it with Catholic religion. Yeah. Right. I, ha I had those glasses. They, they gave them to me, and I said, <laughs> they're off my face they and in my hand. Mine. I'm yeah. going to sit here, but this is... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I like God bless you all Catholics. God bless you. <laughs> I truly mean that. Um I just never felt like any like I didn't feel anything. I felt a lot of dull men speaking like this and nothing mm. meaning anything and why am I confessing my sins to this weird, creepy thirty year old man mm. who was looking at me strangely? Like I always felt so not okay. Mm. 
which Mm -hmm. is so interesting. I also think that for me, I believe in like holding on ancestral wounds as well. And my mom definitely had like some, uh, just, she didn't love going. She made sure I didn't go to Catholic school. Oh wow. And she's a Catholic. Yeah. And she made sure, I even think she's like, she's always kind of questioned too and like experimented with different kinds of congregations. Yeah. But her, like, Catholic schooling was really intense. And the opposite of Christ's love. That's Mm -hmm. what I just don't understand. Like, the opposite. Like, there's such rules that you have to follow if you're not that. Your hand gets slapped by a ruler. (laughs) It's interesting, yeah, like, what people gravitate towards and what makes sense to them. And, I I mean, it's also a blessing when you do realize, like, oh, these glasses are not mine. (laughs) And that you kind of had the knowledge you just know never got it no i liked the smells of church that's church all i can tell you smell. the hymnals have a smell that's everything i loved i love the hymnal smell i love the incense i was like yes oh yeah lots of candles but i would live for communion i was like oh thank god i love communion too. no but I, why i love communion i was like we're out of here in five i just I was like it thank the god grape, the grape juice was like we used grape juice oh we never and little crackers and i was like that grape juice. that paper cracker i loved the grape juice so much my grandma bought we never it drink my grandma bought it. We never drank the grape juice. <laughs> really? No, there was no, like, you watch the priest with the wine, and then that was oh, that. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. No. No, we get, like, oh, the whole thing, or at least we did, like, the whole thing. Not now with COVID, but, like, you had, like, a tray with little cups and a cracker, and you'd pass it down. And, no. Like, the usher you went up. It. Do you not do this thing? Um, do you like, not hold do out this? your hands? Oh, my God. This is, like, the training no. of a Holy Communion for no. Catholics. You put a left, your leftover... I think it's leftover, right? It's very specific. You walk up. Mm-hmm. And he says the body of Christ, and you say Amen. You either put your tongue out or you put oh. your hands up. Oh, okay. Also, the tongue out is weird to me. <laughs> it's very weird. Why is this man putting something? And it's like this little mm. paper, thin wafer, right, a little thin wafer that tastes like cardboard. Oh and then you man, girl, you're missing out. I had like a what snack are you? Yeah, you're board. talking about like a feast. Grape juice and crackers are so good. <laughs> That's not no. what it's about, but. <laughs> anyway, I, I love what you said about shape-shifting, um, because you were talking about your relationship with New York kind of shape-shifting. Yeah, totally. And how, that's not bad. That's good. So maybe it's not bad. And like, so, Glenda's not fully with it. We quoted her in the last episode of, like, her yeah. being like, that's not, that's a, that's deceptive. But I'm like, maybe if you it's don't honest. stay with, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, maybe if it, if you keep shifting and you're not ever fully realizing why you're taking on an identity or why something is um, calling to you. If you're not taking that time to be with whatever you're shape-shifting into, maybe that's where it becomes, like, a show or, like, what is this? Yeah, you're doing it for the show. Yeah, like, like I see, like, almost, like, a remote being, like, flipped through a lot of channels. Yeah, let's shift. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to my faith and questioning and beliefs, I think it is healthy to allow it to change, allow it to shift and maybe ebb and flow. I think that's natural. It's just like any other relationship, you know? And also, like, our generation specifically, like, just in data is not attracted to organized religion like our our parents' generation is. And we were talking a little bit about this, and I actually, like, my brain died. We were saying, like, (laughs) there's just so... It's interesting to talk to our parents' generation because 
it's like almost like we're living in two different worlds or like we've experienced two different walks of life. That being one too, like I think organized religion was very comforting. Yeah. And now we're like blowing that up completely. Like right. people say CrossFit is their organ is their religion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like things like that are right. this is my church. Like you say yeah. that about something else. Like honestly, yeah. Wizard of Oz, this feels like my church. Like there is a sacred yeah, a sacred element and like it. So maybe that's where we can end this one, Em, is, like, a blessing for our audience of may you feel like you can take off your green glasses that you have on that are maybe feeling like they're blurring or fogging up your view or not the view you want to have of the world. It's the one that someone else gave you. So we give you permission to question that and shapeshift. Mm. Shapeshift away, listeners. Shapeshift away and see what your prescription actually <laughs> is. Yeah. Because I think the world needs more of that. More authenticity. Than us all putting on our glasses and not knowing why we're doing the things we're doing. Right. You can wear the glasses, but... Oh, totally. If the know. glasses What's fit... What's going on with them? Oh, and if, here's the thing. If you're, like, good with your glasses... Then like, wear can you those hit glasses. Up, yeah, hit us up, because you're winning. Right. Sometimes you, as we said, you need them. So, thanks for wearing your glasses with us, or taking them off. Whatever works for you. If you want to continue to get your Oz on, head on over to our Technicolor scrapbook on Instagram at Down the Yellow Brick Pod. You can also email us any comments, ideas, or questions at downtheybp at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we'd be over the rainbow with gratitude. If you do, you'll be entered into a very special raffle at the end of the season to win a personalized Oz surprise as a token of our appreciation. Stay tuned for our Patreon coming soon this fall. Thank you for joining us, and we can't wait for our brick roads to cross again here on Down the Yellow Brick Pod.